I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for your word today. I pray, Lord God, that as I communicate that, God, you would open every heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. That every person in this place would be ready to change, to be different, to hear your voice and follow what you're saying. And I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you'd wear me like a glove today. That, Father, you'd be the substance of all that's said. And that, Father, by your power, you would change lives. That we would leave this place today being different than we came in. And we promise to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. What's... We do? Do we? Is there? So you heard how many questions I asked? <laughs> we do? Do we? Is there? Um, so here's what we're going to do. Because it's our summer home, and um, you know it's the first time we're using the summer home, we're still kind of moving furniture around a little bit. So uh, give me about... Uh, 30 seconds to figure out where this furniture piece is supposed to go. <laughs> if not, Pastor Jason, nope. All right. All right. You know what? The furniture is in the right place. All right. We're good. We're good this morning. Amen. So uh, start the video over. Here I am. We're about to start. <laughs> he says, keep going. In 1999, January, thereabouts, um, we found out that we were pregnant with our first child. Yes. Man, it was an exciting time. In fact, I was so anxious about, you know, being a dad and pregnancy and all this. I used to have this recurring dream in my mind. I, just, I went to sleep. I mean, this happened for weeks, right? I dreamed that I was holding this baby in my arms and the baby's head was an egg. Like a, a, a chicken's egg, well, much larger, maybe a dinosaur egg, but, but it was an egg. And uh, I'd hold this child, and I was comforting this egg-headed child, and every time in the dream, I would drop the child. And the head would smash on the ground, and all the egg would come out. And I'd stay there trying to gather the egg together to put it back into the, the, the shell. And I'd get so nervous, and then I'd wake up out of this dream. And like, of course, like Humpty Dumpty, I couldn't put it back together again, exactly. And, and, and what would happen is that, that all of this anxiety was built up in me because I'd never been a dad before. I'd never been a father. I'd never gone through this before. So I was, I was really nervous, right? And honestly, but over the months, between that time and the time the baby was born, I, I read books like how to expect when you're expecting See, I remember that. We went to Lama's class. So I could teach my wife how to go. 
It's breathe, baby, breathe. Right? Uh, uh, we painted the room. And we got the crib and the bassinet and the things and the toys and the dappers and the, you know, and we talked to other couples who had children and we said, well, what do you do with this? What do you do with that? I said, how oh, you bathe the baby? And, you know, we went through all of this stuff together just so that we could prepare for when the baby came. It, 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 what I was really thankful for is that the baby didn't come when we found out we were pregnant. And some of you, if you've had children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can identify with that. Because you need that time between the time you hear and the time you experience in order to be ready for what's coming. Am I right? If, if you're also somebody who's ever had a dream, a goal, a desire, a calling on your life and fulfilled any of those things, you look back and you're thankful for the time between when you had the dream and the fulfillment of the dream. When you had that desire and the fulfillment, when you heard the call and actually walked in the call. Because if you got it when you found out you had it, if you got it then, if you dreamt it and had it then, you wouldn't be ready for what the dream was. Because God always gives us dreams that are bigger than we're able to handle by ourselves. Can somebody say amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. And so, that time in between the dream and the destiny is what I call the in-between. Somebody say in-between. In between, in between. And so today I want to talk to you about making the most of your in-between. Making the most of your in-between. The concept of in-between is seen throughout scripture. Um, Abraham was promised a son when he was 86 years old. He didn't have that son till he was 99 years old. Somebody said that's in-between. <laughs> Joseph was given a vision when he was 17. But he didn't fulfill that vision till he was 40 years old. Somebody say in between. Uh, God delivered Egypt to take them to the promised land. But they had to go through the wilderness. That's the in between. Jesus knew he was called at 12, but he didn't start his ministry until he was 30. Somebody said that's the in between. Even Paul... Paul was called to the Gentiles. Jesus appeared to him personally and said, Paul, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Paul didn't get sent though until 14 years later. That's the in-between. The in-between. And whenever God is about something, to do something big in your life, He always implements an in-between to prepare you for what He has prepared for you. I'm going to say that again. I said, God always creates an in-between to prepare you for what He has prepared for you. And today we're in Mansfield High School. Praise the Lord. This is our in-between. Yes, sir. God is preparing us for what He has prepared for us. So it's up to us to make the most of our in-between so we can be ready for a destination. Amen. Amen. So what do you do in your in-between? I'm going to give you three don'ts. Three don'ts for your in-between. Number one is, don't stop in your in-between. Tell somebody, don't stop. Don't stop. Tell them, don't stop believing. 
<laughs> don't, don't stop in your in-between. Um, because a lot of times people get comfortable in an in-between and they don't want to keep moving on towards the promise. But don't stop in your in-between. Listen, this is not our permanent home. We're moving on up. Amen. Amen. So don't stop in your in-between. Genesis chapter 11 verse 31 is about a guy by the name of Terah. Terah was the father of Abraham. Listen to what it says about Terah. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abraham's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Where were they going? The land of Canaan. In other words, guess what? This guy, this guy was given the call, the promise, the dream. This guy was given a destiny by God to go to the land of Canaan. This guy was supposed to be the one who should have been the father of our faith. We should have been singing, Father Terra had many sons, had many... Well, we don't, we don't sing that, do we? I'll tell you why we don't sing that. Because of this. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And then it goes on to say, So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. He never did what he set out to do because he stopped in the in-between. Huh. I want to say something that I just feel I, I need to, to say about this. One of Terah's sons was named Haran. Haran was Lot's dad. And Haran died before they left Ur of the Chaldeans. And because he died, when, when, when Terah got to this location, he called it Haran after his son. And he chose to live in the place of his emotional hurt. And never fulfill the promise of God. Where he was injured is where he decided to dwell. But I'll tell you this. Sometimes it can be an emotional victory. In other words, where God did something great, we decide to dwell too. Are you, are you following me? You may be looking around and say, Hey man, this isn't Sagin. The stage looks funny. We didn't have no pipe and drape in Sagin. It didn't sound like this in Sagin. The chairs are set up kind of weird in here. We may be all this kind of stuff. And you may be stuck in Seguin. Let me tell you something. If God moves, you need to move with Him. Come on, put your hands together. Most people get stuck in a past move of God. Some people are so afraid to change. They want you to tell them everything up front. They want to tell them, you know, they want to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> know when to walk away and... Come on now, you know what I'm saying. Uh, 
But God changes things so He can change us. God changes things so He can change us. And if we're not willing to shift and move with the move of God, we're going to get left behind. Listen, how many of you understand that a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn? A bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. When God is changing something, you can't stay where He used to be. You've got to bend and turn with Him. You've got to go where He's going in order to get fulfilled the things that God has for you. God isn't that Sagin anymore. Not that's a gift. I mean, like, God's glory for us, God's call for us, God's purpose for us is no longer at Seguin. God's purpose for us is in Mansfield right now. And then we're going on to 8201 Webb Farrell Road. And so guess what? We got to say bye-bye to Seguin and hello to Mansfield. Amen. 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 So don't stop in the in-between. Keep pressing toward the promise. There's a phrase in the Bible that is critical to understanding the in-between. And the phrase is, brought you out. This is something that God constantly told Israel over and over again. He kept saying to them, I am the God who brought you out of Israel, uh, of Egypt. I am the God who brought you out of bondage. I am the God who brought you out of, the, of your slave masters. And he, he kept telling them, I am He who brought you out. And it's really important for us to understand bringing out, because if God brought us out of something, it's because He's bringing us into something. God never brings us out of something to leave us in the in-between. He's always bringing us out to bring us in. Someone say, bring us out. Bring us in. His purpose of bringing us out is to bring us into our destiny. Exodus 6 verse 7 to 9. Here's how he said it to to Moses. He said, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in. To the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. He brought you out so he could bring you in. Sometimes you think, hey God, why did I lose that job? He brought you out so he could bring you in. Because there is something better on the other side. Somebody say, yes, there is something better. Listen, why why am I going going through this situation? He's bringing you out of something so He could bring you into something. And sometimes the thing that looks like an opportunity lost is actually an opportunity gained because God is actually moving us into a place that we've never experienced before. But He had to bring us out in order to bring us in. I had a car accident recently. Somebody hit the back of our car. And so the car was already paid off and we were fine with the car. We were happy with the car. The car was paid off. And you know, why did this person have to hit our car? We didn't even understand. But when the insurance worked out everything else, it wasn't enough money in the insurance to cover the car. So they wrote the car off, but I couldn't even buy another car of equal value because there wasn't enough money given to me for the car. And I didn't want a car payment. How many of you know, when you paid off a car, you're like, I don't want another car payment. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And so, you know, I'm talking to some people who are, you know, people who I consider you know, spiritually sound, people that can run my thoughts by. Because sometimes when you're in a place of emotions, you don't hear very well. And so you want to kind of bounce things off people. How many of you know that if you're a pastor, you need to talk to a pastor. And so if you're not a pastor, you need to talk to a pastor too. So I'm bouncing things off people. And uh, I say, man, I want to maybe buy a cash car with this. And then one person said, well, if you buy a cash car with the money that you get, and um, in a year, you may be spending more money fixing that cash car, and now you're really in a bad position, you know. So the person said, why don't you take the money and save it, then get you a good car and use money from that money that you saved to make the payments and trust God that he will provide before the money run out. Hallelujah. So I said, all right, I'm going to do that. So man, I went and got this car. I have this car. Then somebody came to me and said, hey, Pastor Jay, the Lord spoke to me. And he told me that if you got a car, whatever car you got, I should take care of the car payments. Oh my God. Watch this, watch this. Then they said, oh, and throw in the insurance as well. Oh my God! He brought me out to bring me in. And sometimes we're holding on to something that God is trying to bring us us out of. And sometimes we're in the in-between missing what we had when God is trying to get us into something new. Mm. He brought us out of Seguin so he could bring us into our building. We're not stopping at Mansfield. Listen, while we're here, we're not chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and shooting some b ball outside. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. And we're going to be like Paul. And we're going to say, you know what? This one thing I do, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call. Listen, there's a pressing that we have to do here. We've got to maximize our time here so we can be ready for there. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, how do we make sure that we take advantage? How do we make the most of our in-between? Number one, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Number two, don't lose faith in the in-between. Don't lose faith while you're going through the in-between. Uh, this is a story that Jesus and the disciples were in the boat. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read this whole section to you and I think it's so powerful. It says this, Mark chapter 4 verse 35 says, On the same day when evening had come, look at these next two words, He said. He said. Who said? He said, that's Jesus. Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. How many of you know when Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side, we're going to the other side. (laughs) If God said, let there be light and there was light, 
If God said, let the stars take up their place in the firmament, in the heavens, and stars came into existence. If, if God said, let the waters be separated from the earth, all that happened. When Jesus says, let us go over to the other side, guess where we're going? The other side. Now when they, had caught, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and, the other, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the wave beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How could Jesus be asleep in the middle of a storm? Because he said, We're going to the other side. That's all that was necessary. Jesus wasn't worried. Jesus wasn't concerned. Jesus wasn't fearful. Jesus was not impacted by the storm because he knew where they were going. Because once he declared it, it was going to be so. And oftentimes what happens to us is somewhere in between, here and there, we get into all kinds of trouble and we think we'll not get there anymore. But we forgot that Jesus said, that's where you're going. If Jesus declared it, it's going to happen regardless of what the circumstances are saying about you. Regardless of what this looks like right now, we're going to the other side. And this is the truth in your life. Sometimes the circumstances that take place in the in-between can cause us to lose faith and make us doubt if we'll ever get there. But change... Change in circumstance, change in situations are essential for our growth. Do you know that every time we've moved as a church, we've grown? We, we moved from uh, a house that was a Bible study to Kenneth Davis Elementary School and the church grew. We moved from Kenneth Davis to Seguin and the church grew. We're moving from Seguin to Mansfield. Guess what the church is going to do? We're going to grow. This is a time of growth right here. This is a time of growth right here. Don't allow the circumstances to distract you from what God is trying to do in you. God is still trying to grow us. This is not pause, time out. Let's just wait till we get there. This is the time to press in and push on because God says we're getting over there. We're going to do all we can while we're right here. Amen. Amen. What he's taking you through is preparation for, what he's ta- for where he's taking you to. What he's taking you through is preparation for where he's taking you to. And some of us are in a really rough place right now. And we don't even recognize it. Sometimes we have to pull back and get a different perspective and recognize if we look at the big picture, look at the entire journey, that what we're going through is preparation for where He's taking us to. That there's some things that we need to do when we get to where He's promised that we can't figure out unless we go through some stuff in the middle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If, if there are no storms, there's no need to trust. 
and where the disciples were going. They needed to trust Jesus and he had to have them go through the storm so they would learn how to trust him when they got to the other side. But they're getting to the other side. The issue of the storm was for their faith. Hmm. The third don't. So don't stop. Don't lose faith. Third don't. Don't miss the opportunity of your in-between. Don't miss the opportunity of your in-between. Listen, every in-between has an opportunity to prepare you for the promise. There's an opportunity here in this season, right here, right now. There's an opportunity And if you're not careful in the in-between, you'll get so distracted by the circumstance that you miss the opportunities that are within it. Are you hearing me? There's an opportunity here. And you have to see things from God's perspective to recognize that this in-between has an opportunity for growth like you've never had before. That there's some things you're going through right now that there's an opportunity for growth in your life like you've never had before if you would open your eyes and see the opportunities in your in-between. Don't allow it to discourage you so that you can't see straight. Man, this is good. This is good. Uh, uh, Leonard Ravenhill said this, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. You see, the in-between time is the time to seize the opportunity to learn everything you can for where you're going. Uh, That's why right now, can I tell you what we're doing right now? Right now we're expanding our ministries. Right now we're signing up more volunteers. If you don't serve here, we have, the collection table is in the back. Sign up to serve. You know why? Because we need more volunteers here than we did at Seguin. And we need more volunteers where we're going than we do here. So here's what we're doing here. We're signing up as many people as we can sign up. You know why? This is our opportunity. You know what we're doing? We're restructuring a lot of our ministries. Why? Because this is our opportunity, our in-between. This is the time. If we don't do it now, when we get there, we won't be ready for there. God can't prepare you in a place you're accustomed to. God can't prepare you in a place you're accustomed to. He has to bring you out of where you are to prepare you for where He wants to take you. See, God couldn't prepare Israel to be warriors as long as they were slaves in Egypt. Think about this for a second. God took them out of Egypt to go to the promised land. And God couldn't take them from Egypt directly to the promised land. Because during that in-between, they learned how to fight, they learned how to trust, they learned a system of worship. They learned a system of government. They learned a system of judicial laws, moral laws, and civil laws. And they put all kinds of things together so that when they got to the promised land, they could establish themselves as a nation. You see, if they had moved directly from slavery to a land with fighting, they would never have made it. 
They needed the in-between. Somebody said they needed the in-between. If your dream is big, you need a bigger in-between. If they went straight to Egypt, they wouldn't have enough time. Uh, Let's look at this scripture. Exodus chapter 13 verse 17 says this. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Listen, sometimes the shortest way is not the best way. Amen, God. That was good right there. Sometimes the shortest way is not the best way. I'll tell you something. Sometimes you may feel like you're going around about, but can I tell you something? God is trying to teach you something in this in-between that if you don't get it and He gives you the dream too quickly, you're going to fail in the dream and want to return. God says, no, 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 no. I need to take my time with you so I can mold in you the character necessary to keep you when you get to the promise. You don't want your gift to take you where your character can't sustain you. I've seen it happen. I've seen people gifted get to the promise so quick, but they don't have the character to sustain them, to keep them. Come on, you've seen it too. You've seen it too. And they have failed. And you think to yourself, how in the world could they? If I ever had that opportunity, let me tell you something. If God doesn't teach you and train you in the in-between, you would fail too. God led them the long way so He could prepare them for the big dream. If the dream is big, the preparation is long. Mm-hmm-mm. Amen? Amen. There are no shortcuts to big dreams. There are no shortcuts to big dreams. The long way gives you the opportunity to make the most of your in-betweens. So here's what I want to tell you. I want you to hear this. If you don't make the most of your in-between, you'll make a mess of your destination. If you don't make the most of your in-between, you'll make a mess of your destination. See that guy jumping? Let me tell you something. If he doesn't do that right, he's going to be a mess when he falls. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to mess him up. So how do you make the most of your in-between? I'm going to close with this. Three things that you have to do. How do you make the most of your in-between? Number one, get engaged in the process. Embrace the process. Uh, uh, Hold the process. Believe in the process. Love the process. I know it's hard, but listen to me. Hold on and get engaged in the process. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose hearts. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Listen, now is the time to get fully engaged. Because this is a part of the process. Man, Joseph was fully engaged no matter what was going on in his life. 
When he was a, a slave, he was the best. When he was in prison, he was the best. He got fully engaged. Didn't complain. He wasn't like miserable the whole time. Guess what? He got fully engaged. Gave his all in every situation. So when the opportunity for the dream came, he was ready. Because he had learned by being fully engaged. Man, I want you to get fully engaged. If you're not serving here at Word of Truth, serve. Serve. Start serving. You can sign up at the Connection Center when you leave this morning. If you're not giving, start giving. If you're not a member, become a member. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group. Don't be an observer. Don't say, I can't wait till the new building, then I'll get involved. That's too late. That's too late. Because when we get to the new building, we're going to get there hitting the ground running. Yeah, Lord. Amen. Amen. So get engaged in the process. Here's how, how do we make the most? Get engaged in the process. Number two, get expectant about the promise. Get expectant about the promise. Uh, Hebrews 10 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hopes, our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. I don't care what you're going through. Let me tell you something. He who promised is faithful. I know it may seem rough right now, but let me tell you something. He who promised is faithful. I know things look out of whack and it doesn't look like it's coming to pass. He who promised is faithful. It may look like a storm and it seems like he's sleeping, but he who promised is faithful. It's faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Why not? Why not? As is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What is he saying? He's saying this, guys, as the promise gets closer, you need to be meeting more so you can be encouraging one another. Hey, I know it seems rough now, but the promise is coming. Hey, this man, don't give up because the promise is coming. Hey, look, when you're isolated, you have nobody to encourage you. He says, get together. Encourage one another. Talk to one another. Look, when a woman is pregnant, we say that she's expecting. You know how we know she's expecting? Because it shows. But if we're expecting, it's got to show. It's got to show in our face. It's got to show in our attitude. It's got to show in the things we say. It's got to show. It's got to show in our preparation. It's got to show. If you're expecting good, then it's got to show. Amen. So while we're here, it's got to show. It's got to show. So keep your expectation up. Keep it up. Keep it up. We've got to get expectant. So, last thing, we've got to get excited about the preparation. Excited about the preparation. Amen? We've got to get, got to get engaged, we've got to get expectant, we've got to get excited. Uh, Proverbs 24, 27 says this, Do your planning and prepare your fields before you build your house. How many of you know, 
if you build a house before you have a plan, you're in trouble. Do your planning and prepare your fields before you build a house. Get excited about the preparation. Because it's the preparation that makes that house stable. It's the preparation in this church that's going to make us stable in Web Let me tell you something. The building is not going to do the work for us. And sometimes we can feel like the building is the magic formula. Like somehow, once we get to the building, miraculously, the church is going to operate like, Whoa, sweet, super. That's not, we are the church, not the building. So we've got to do our preparation before we go there. Because we're the house. Peter says that we are living stones built together to become this temple for the presence of God. We are it. We are it. And so... Proverbs says, do your planning. Prepare your fields before you build your house. Use this in-between time to prepare for the promise. And whatever in-between time you have in your life, do it to prepare for the promise. Last night, uh, I was preaching this message to my wife and my daughter, Cyan. And so Cyan was helping me with the message. Because she was telling me all kinds of points to put in the message. And at the end of the message, I came to this part. part, And I said, Cyan, everybody is going through an in-between in some area of their lives. I said, Cyan, do you know what your in-between is? She said, I'm not sure. I said, Cyan, summer is your in-between. I said, Cy, here's the thing. You can take summer to relax and hit fourth grade uncertain of what's going to happen. Because fourth grade is coming. Jesus said, we're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Amen? But what are you doing in... Come on, no. What you doing in between? Because how you spend your in-between determines your success when you get to your destination. So I said, Sai, summer's your in-between, baby. That's why we got to do our summer bridge. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody clap. Must be a teacher. <laughs> See that? That's why you got to read this summer. That's why you can't take... But, but, but watch this. I hear all the parents saying, Amen. But what are you doing in your in-between? What are you doing in your in-between? For us here at this church, it means that we're asking you to get involved. What are your skills? What are the things that you can bring to be a part of our in-between? To get where God is taking us. For, for us, it means writing manuals and, and restructuring things and, and recreating job descriptions and renewing. We're doing all kinds of things that you don't see but will manifest itself in our preparation for when we get to our destination. We are doing all we can in our in-between. But in your life, what are you doing in your in-between? What are you learning in your in-between? Don't relax. Don't wait for something to happen. Make something happen. 
Make the most of this season so that you can be ready for where God is taking you. Amen? You learned something this morning? Come on, put your hands together and bless them. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Because there's some of you here this morning. You're in and in between. 